0: Sadie and Enrique, thank you very much for that beautiful music. That was truly, truly angelic. Brothers and sisters, I am so very grateful to be with you um, this beautiful, beautiful spring day as we begin this spring semester. I wanted to share an experience as I began, as I begin this morning, that Sister Cush and I experienced when we spent four whole days in the missionary training center prior to our missionary service in Mexico. Uh, Mission presidents and their wives don't spend very much time there uh, before you actually head to your assigned field of labor. But the night before the night before we left for Mexico, there was a banquet that was organized. And the man that organized the banquet knew that we had become acquainted with Elder and Sister Bednar during our time in Rexburg, Idaho. And so as he did the seating arrangements, he, he seated us at the same table with Elder and Sister Bednar. Elder Bednar was seated to my right, Sister Bednar to his right, Sister Cush to my left, and I can't remember who else was at the table. But um, as Elder Bednar and I were conversing during, uh, during dinner, uh, I, I wanted to ask a question of Elder Bednar uh, thinking that he would give me a profound answer. And he did, but it was not the answer that I was expecting. And The question was this, Elder Bednar, you have been all over the world now in your uh, eight years of service as a member of the Quorum of the Twelve. You have seen members of the Church everywhere. Where is your favorite place? Of all the places you visited, where is your favorite place? And his answer came very swiftly, and um, it taught me a great lesson, and his answer was, the last place where I was because that's where the Lord sent me." Now I was expecting a different answer from him, but that was a powerful lesson for me, and it was a lesson that, for our three years of service in Mexico, I repeatedly and regularly taught our missionaries when they thought perhaps they were going someplace in the mission that was not the most productive or may have a reputation. Um, of a place where nobody wanted to go. Oh, please, President, don't send me there. Of all places, don't send me there. But the missionaries who went with the proper attitude to that place had fabulous and wonderful experiences. And so if Sister Cush and I were to be asked the question of the places that you've lived—and we haven't actually lived in that many places together. we lived in Southern California, then Northern California, then Rexburg, then Mexico, then Rexburg, now in Utah. I would tell them that the favorite place that I have ever lived in my entire life is right here in Salt Lake City, Utah, because this is where the Lord has sent us. So I share that with you today so that you know and can feel that because you are here, this is a place where the Lord has led you and where He wants you and where there are great things for you to learn and achieve and accomplish during the time that you're here, however long or brief it might be. Now, many years ago, on a very pleasant summer evening, um, my wife and I gathered with a group of friends uh, for dinner in Rigby, Idaho. We were with people that we loved. The home where we met was beautiful. The food was beyond delicious. And we probably all ate a little more than was wise. But we had a great time. All in all, we had a great time. Well, about 4 a.m. the next morning, I awoke not feeling very well. I had um, pain in my chest and tightening in my chest. I had pain in my left arm. I was perspiring, all signs of a heart attack. And I got out of bed and I went into my home office, and I did what any man might do that was experiencing these things. I googled heart attack symptoms. And sure enough, I was having them. Now I tried to read for a few minutes to get my mind off uh, what was going on. I was hoping that the symptoms would stop. And after about 20 or 30 more minutes, they did not stop. They were the same. So I decided I had better do something. So I went into our bedroom, I woke Sister Kush up, and I told her what was happening, and I said, I'm just going to drive myself over to the emergency room at the hospital so that they can, they can check me out. And she said, no, no, you're not going to do that. Um, so we got in the car, and off we went for a short drive uh, to Madison Memorial Hospital. When we arrived, I got out of the car. I walked into the um, into the emergency room ent- entrance, and I told a young man there at the front desk what was what was happening. He called back to the triage nurse, and soon I was in a wheelchair and on my way back uh, to be examined. Before long, I was in the intensive care unit. Um, I was hooked up to multiple monitors, and I was undergoing a whole battery of tests. They took blood. I did a stress test on a a treadmill. They took scans of my heart and arteries. And at the end of a very long day they shared um, the happy news that they could find nothing wrong with me. I had not had a heart attack. They did not know uh, what was going on. They showed me pictures of my heart and the arteries and they were clear and everything was good. And we concluded that it just may have been a combination of some indigestion and a, a touch of the flu. Now, the most painful part of the entire experience, however, actually occurred when I first arrived at the emergency room, which had absolutely nothing to do with my symptoms. So I mentioned I walked into the inn and there was a young man at the front desk. I told him what was going on, but I did not tell you what he told the triage nurse. He said, There's an older gentleman here at the front desk and proceeded to describe my symptoms. Now, this was long enough ago that I had not yet accepted my status as an older gentleman, but to him I was. But I was grateful to know that I had a healthy heart. Uh, For each and every one of us, a healthy heart is vital to a full and a productive life. Organizations and institutions have hearts also. And I have been pondering the question, what is the very heart of LDS Business College? What makes us alive and vibrant and productive as an institution? And I want to share with you what, my, what is my conclusion. And my conclusion is this. The heart and soul of LDS Business College, the spirit of LDS Business College is the ministry of the Holy Ghost and its attendant spiritual gifts and the enabling power of the atonement working in and being made manifest in the lives of faculty and staff and students. Now, let me explain what I mean by those, by those things. Over the past couple of years that I have been here, I've spoken to many students. And I love learning about you and where you're from and what you're studying. But I've also asked many students the question what, may, what helped you make the decision to come to LDS Business College? And many students have said something like this I am here because I felt the promptings of the Holy Ghost leading me and guiding me here. I have heard that over and over again. I heard it just last Friday in a conversation with a young man at new student orientation i'm here because i felt that the spirit was prompting me to be here it was just like nephi when he said i was led by the spirit not knowing beforehand the things which i should do nevertheless i went forth so this perhaps this young man may not be here forever certainly and and uh, for a long time. But my counsel to Him and my counsel to you, if you've had a similar experience, is stay here long enough to figure out why the Lord prompted you to be here. Don't be in a hurry to leave. Now, This feeling of being led to LDS Business College is not just for students. It happens in the lives of faculty and staff as well. The Lord has a way of educating our desires and preparing us for things to come when we are striving with a sincere heart. President Joseph F. Smith taught that the, that the education of our desires is one of far-reaching importance to our happiness in life. It is a story too long to tell this morning, but I would tell you that for Sister Cush and me, coming here was much like Nephi's experience. We were led here by the Spirit, not knowing beforehand the things which we should do. Nevertheless, we went forth and we came, and we, are for, we will be forever grateful for the unique and singular blessing it is to be here at this time and at this place." Now, let me also share some thoughts with regards to the enabling power of the Atonement working in our lives. And I want you to think about your own experiences that you have had here. Students, many, have said, I came to LDS Business College and I learned that I could do more and achieve more than I ever thought possible. Somehow students come here and they are magnified. They discover their true potential as sons and daughters of God. They come to understand that, acting as agents and not being acted upon, you can accomplish great things. You learn to rely on the Lord and the influence of the Holy Ghost. How does this happen, and why does this happen, and what is going on when this happens? Brothers and sisters, it is the enabling power of the Atonement of Jesus Christ and His mercy and His grace. We often think of the Atonement only when we're thinking about overcoming sin and repentance and the redemptive power of the Atonement. But the power of Christ's Atonement is not only to help us when we've done bad things, but it's also to help us accomplish good things and even great things. It is, the gospel of Jesus Christ is essentially about becoming good The Atonement provides help for us to overcome and avoid bad, but also to become and do good. Help from the Savior is available for the entire journey of mortality, going from bad to good and to better and to change our very natures. The Savior's grace is available to each and every one of us. It is the enabling power of the Atonement working in our lives. So as we leave this devotional today, I hope you will think about your own journey to LDS Business College and the spiritual promptings that have led you here and the spiritual promptings you've had since being here just in this last day day and a half of this new semester. Those that have been here for a while have experienced undoubtedly this enabling power of the Atonement working in your lives. If you've not yet experienced that, I promise you that you will as you strive to live worthy, as you strive to be obedient, as you strive to do the things that you know that are right. I would invite you to pray for the gift of seeing the power of the Atonement in your lives. Pray for your needs. Pray for the needs of your fellow students. Pray for your teachers and for us that work here. Pray for your coworkers that together we might feel that and that our collective worthiness might qualify us for a rich, rich outpouring of the Holy Ghost in our lives, in our work, in our study. Education, brothers and sisters is inherently a spiritual experience. We are here to be taught by the Holy Ghost, who testifies of Christ and of our Heavenly Father, but will also help us figure out accounting, or social media, or or anatomy and physiology, or medical coding, or paralegal, or whatever it may be that you're studying, the Spirit knoweth all things. As we do our part, I testify that God will do his in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.